When students return to school this fall, they will be entering an educational environment that is very different than the one they left in March. Undoubtedly, some of these changes will prove unpopular with some parents and community members. Effectively communicating these changes to all stakeholders and remaining calm under pressure are the keys to ensuring that new requirements and expectations are understood and followed. My name is Mark Snyder, Leadership Development Manager for the New York State School Boards Association, and on this episode of the President's Gavel, we will focus on communicating school reopening plans and how effective collaboration with your superintendent leads to clear communication with your community. Let's call this meeting to order. I'm pleased to introduce two guests who know just how important collaboration and clear communications are during this pandemic. I'd like to welcome Dr. Kevin McGowan, Superintendent for the Brighton Central School District. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate being here. And Mark Kokanovich, Board President for the Brighton Central School District. Mark, thank you for being a part of the conversation today. Thanks, Mark, for the invite. Appreciate it. One of the most important components of this reopening plan is the district's ability to communicate the plan to all stakeholders. Having our staff and our students and parents and community members all on the same page from day one will help to ensure a smooth reopening in which all parties are aware of their responsibilities and the district's expectations. That being said, what plans have you made for ensuring that your reopening plan is communicated clearly to all of your stakeholders? Well, Mark, we have uh, sent out regular communication throughout the entire pandemic uh, crisis and created, I think, an expectation in our community and sort of a pattern to our communications being just about every Friday. Certainly there was a pause as school ended and we got into the month of July, but we continued uh, with some regular communications to make sure that our community had that um, ongoing pattern to look forward to, knowing when we were going to be sending things out to them. And then we have in those messages, those Friday messages provided links to just about every document you could imagine and uh, a good summary as to what people should look for and then also indicated when the next communication was going to be coming and what the timeline for that would be. We've also supplemented that with opportunities for the community to weigh in. We're avid users of a platform called Thought Exchange to gather lots and lots of feedback from our community and engage in a conversation. And then we use that information as the basis for a conversation when we do virtual town halls. And we broadcast those on Facebook Live and most recently have used Zoom uh, so that there's an interactive conversation simulcast on Facebook Live so people can participate in lots of different ways. They can go through the chat, they can enter comments. There's a, a significant two-way dialogue. In addition to that, our building principals um, in the district are offering opportunities through their regular meetings with parents, but opening those up in August, which we wouldn't have normally done and directly after our reopening plans have gone out so that people can participate in a conversation about what is specifically happening in their building. Our director of special education in the district is doing the exact same thing uh, specific to the population that she works most directly with. So there's really you know, multiple opportunities and again, this notion of creating a pattern and some predictability to that so people know when the next piece of communication is coming. But the key to all communication, of course, is it's gotta be two ways, right? It's not just the information we're pushing out. We do push out a lot, but we try and make sure it's clear what people need to look for and we condense that into 
you know, the FAQ type documents, visually appealing documents, uh, but then also listening quite a bit and that being such an important com uh, component to any communication plan and then reacting to that and giving people direct feedback. Always in that Friday communication is a reflection on the information we've received from the week before. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you really uh, captured one of the most important aspects of this communication is ensuring that it's regular and ensuring that people know when to expect the communication and where to expect this communication to be coming from. So I think the fact that you've been sending regular uh, communication out throughout this pandemic and that you've established this ongoing pattern is key to ensuring that your stakeholders understand uh, how to find this information and uh, it's just going to make that process so much easier. So I think that's that's a great bit of information to share with our members. I think one of the very key points for any school board member and boards entire in their entirety is the way communication is today. We we really districts really have to make sure they're utilizing every platform at their disposal for communication because people look in multiple different places and they and everyone sort of wants it in their own way. And one of the things that our district has done under Dr. McGowan's leadership is making sure that we're utilizing all the platforms available to us. And we've been doing that, as you mentioned, throughout the pandemic. But making sure that if someone's on Twitter all day or a Facebook page, uh, we've utilized the thought exchange to a huge extent in our district. We use SurveyMonkey uh, with parent feedback also to provide another another element of it. And then that two-way aspect of things, you know, Kevin has been holding a Wednesday Facebook Live town hall, really virtually through the entire uh, you know school at home type period of time from March till the end of the year. And that has provided feedback opportunity and the opportunity for parents and community members to, to watch and to weigh in through comment. And you know now explaining to the community as we put together our draft plan that was submitted and our plan that was submitted, he also has clearly explained to the community what is next. We will be communicating in August at these points, these ways we expect to hear from the governor approximately this way and we'll continue to communicate right through the opening of school. And he also has been clear with people that nothing is set in stone, that it's a moving target, it has been certainly for months, that we're subject to all of the guidance that's been issued to us and that we will continue to communicate that to the community as soon as we have it and what it means for our district. And, and you know, we can't stress enough the importance of that two-way communication, and and that has been such a uh, a vital component of much of the, uh, the, the many of the retreats and many of the workshops that we have done. Is that boards, as as important as it is for them to communicate and share their message with stakeholders, it's just as important for them to listen and to be aware of what's happening. Uh, within these various stakeholder groups, whether it's community members or parents or students or staff. So that two-way communication is vitally important as you know, these plans are coming to fruition. And I think you, you really you know, hit the nail on the head there. We need to make sure that we're communicating through these multiple platforms. It's not enough for a board to just put a statement out on the, the district website anymore, as it may have been one time. As you mentioned, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we you know, all these different social media uh, outlets where people are consuming their information and so it's important for the district to be active uh, in all of those arenas and so that that's very very good information I thank you for sharing that
Now, one of the things that we've been hearing from board members and superintendents recently is that uh, it relates to the role of the board in developing and communication their communicating their district's reopening plans. Uh, we hear from board members uh, uh, quite regularly now, especially with everything going on, about you know how involved they should be as board members in not, not only developing the reopening plan, but also in communicating that to the stakeholders. So I, I'd like to ask you, what has been the role of the, the Brighton School Board in both developing the plan and then, of course, communicating the plan as well. I'll start by saying this. This is a classic example of what I just was referring to in terms of the norms, the systems, the structures you put in place when everything is going well will carry you through. They will, they will really pay off in these moments. And what I'm getting at is that notion of overstep versus oversight that's so key to the NISBA training for school boards and superintendents and that thinking about the board-superintendent relationship. This is the, 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 the penultimate example of oversight versus overstep in this sense. It is absolutely in no way, shape, or form the job of the board to develop a reopening plan. That is, that is by definition, the micro of the district and not the macro. It is not a policy issue. Now, it is absolutely the board's responsibility to be working directly with their primary employee that they supervise and evaluate to express the perspectives of the community to monitor the work of the superintendent in managing the process to really understand whether the community is being given an opportunity to provide input and to participate in that process. And in many cases, board members have expertise that could be really valuable. And so it's important for them to participate in some way, but in ways that honor the relationship they have with their superintendent and honor the, those norms of oversight as opposed to overstepping. And I think Mark can really clearly explain how that works very well in our situation. Yeah, you know, I think Kevin nailed it there. It, it, you know, this gets back to some of the basic tenets of training of boards and board members as to whose role and responsibility uh, certain aspects of governance, uh, you know, where where that lies, right? And and as, as as Kevin laid out, you know, this is the time when a board, uh, in its entity, in its entirety. Uh, is really an advisory type board working closely with a superintendent hopefully that over periods of time that relationship has been made solid between the board board leadership and the superintendent so that when you come to a time like this it, it's a natural flow of in terms of relationship and, and direction and, and, and you know who's at the helm I, I think where board members really can help in, in this situation is to be attentive to the superintendent, be a sounding board for the community and what they're hearing and what they're feeling in their own, in their own families and in their own situation. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really, really important at a time like this, especially because there is such divergence in feeling among parents, staff, and board members in terms of what's the right way forward right now and are we making the right decisions. But if you're sticking to safety as your first protocol and how do we do this and make sure that we can do it as safely as possible following the directives that have been given to us, that it's really important that a board is together uh, with their superintendent and um, listening and advising but not directing that's not our role 
that we have we have a superintendent in, in place for that role and your leadership team is 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 really where that where that sits um you know you get to the part of communicating well then then the board i think is really tasked with listening to the community and directing members of the community who contact individual board members to the plan itself to the facts to the data to the where on the website you've posted all this material the backing material the guidance from the department of health the guidance from sed the guidance from the governor and reassuring and assuring the public that you are your first priority is uh you know the safety of 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 the entirety of the community on this and um but uh, but i think that key point that kevin made um the board's role in terms of the day-to-day -day advisory uh, you know not not actively uh in the weeds on it mark you, you made a, a great point uh you, you mentioned that there there's going to be members of the community there's going to be stakeholder groups who have this divergence of thinking who uh perhaps uh don't agree with what the district is doing whether it's opening schools or closing schools or wearing masks or not wearing masks regardless of what the reopening plans are it's certain that some of our stakeholders will not be happy and will want to share their frustrations with the school board now what advice or strategies can you share for board members who will need to maintain their composure when confronted by individuals who will undoubtedly be very charged up and very emotionally uh, uh, persuaded. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, and I have to say, and I, I, I'm assuming we all would agree, I, I'm in my 15th year as, uh, as a board member, my 12th year as board president. I have never experienced, and I don't think any of us have, never experienced a time like this not only the pandemic the worldwide pandemic uh but but the divergence of thought in terms of what's right and what's appropriate and what's proper and how our children should be handled uh with regard to education going forward so what i would say to your one statement we likely there's no district that's going to please probably anybody <laughs> i mean you have an entire range of opinion from parents who want you open tomorrow with no masks and board members i mean this divergency that we're talking about staff board members adults and, and, and mm -hmm. you know the entire community yeah. uh to the other end of the extreme where boy i don't know if i'll ever be comfortable sending my my child into a school building again so i guess what i would say again going back to one of the basic tenets of becoming a board member and new governance training when a board member first is elected listening listening way more than trying to speak or talk i think if you receive a phone call if you have an email a text if you run in an encounter uh, out and about i think you want to listen clearly and carefully people are afraid there are many people who are afraid there are many people who are angry the, the, the motion the emotional aspect of this situation that we're currently in is, is just incredible and so i think listening to community members and then uh carefully you know directing them if it's a situation that they can be directed to the superintendent or a building principal or maybe a child's counselor around something like that but you want to i think make sure as a board member you're listening carefully you are reassuring your public the district priorities are safety of our students and staff number one we have to comply with certain regulations uh, executive orders uh, directives guidelines whatever we want to call this 
uh, and we are committed to do that. Um, but you want to reassure the community that you have those interests at your core. And, you know, I do think that there is a bit of difficulty with board members because we know that not all boards are the, of the same mind on this situation. You have a board of five, seven, or nine. You could have elderly board members who are not ready to meet in public or go out in public. You have board members who have young children and have to decide how to best serve their needs. And then you have, you have board members probably have compromised family members in, you know, in their household. So everybody has got a little different place on this. But in your role as board member, you have to be united, you have to be together, and you have to stress we're working on data, we're working on sound recommendations from those who, you know, in the know, and we will move forward that way. And I think ultimately, I think also, uh, you can reassure parents that parents do have a choice and, and will have a choice in this, that most districts' uh, plans include some sort of parent options, parent choices to decide what's right for their child or, uh, or their children. So, but I think listening and not, and not running and not getting into the, yo, yeah, I agree with you, but nobody's listening to me. You have to be really, really careful. All those basic things about becoming a board member and being a good board member really need to be enforced, I think, with a board as a group right now. I think something Mark just said is so important, and I hope your listeners heard this really clearly. Clarity in purpose, right? So making sure that people understand in an environment where you're right, pretty much nobody's going to be happy. I mean, we're getting pretty used to that notion at this point that the division for people politically, the division for people just in terms of their, their feelings regarding uh, coronavirus and and the ways it impacts them in so many ways. There, there's a lot of reasons for that division, and I don't mean to chalk it up to just maybe people are angry, it's emotional. It's not just that. It's There's really legitimate reasons for all these divisions. And we have to recognize that we won't please most, if any, people. We have to really please our conscience, please our purpose, please our, our moral and ethical obligation. If we can match that and have clarity and purpose in, in what those are, and then present plans and present options to people that honor that obligation, that sacred covenant to the community, that despite whatever their divisions might be, we are holding true to what our commitment is, then, then at the end of the day, we're doing the right thing. And at the end of the day, we can be then maybe a little bit uh, more comfortable in receiving the criticism and feeling as though people are unhappy, knowing that we did the right thing for the right reasons and we did it the right way. And again, that clarity and purpose in this situation, it, it just jumps right out at you and that's the safety aspect, right? So this is difficult for people because of childcare and we recognize that. We're not being obtuse to that. It's difficult for people because of health issues. It's difficult people for people because of learning concerns. There's, there's no um, lack of understanding of those things. We're not ignoring those items. But at the end of the day, the number one priority for us needs to be keeping human beings healthy and safe. And that's the staff and students alike, the people who come here too, and we have an obligation to as an employer. So if we can stick to that, and then recognize the needs of our community, but those can't overtake the health and safety aspect. And if we're real clear in that purpose, again, many people, many, many people won't be happy. But I'm also seeing that at the end of the day, as we communicate those things clearly and that, that clarity and purpose, there are also people coming around and saying, you know, I really didn't like it at first, but I thought about what you said and I thought about that clear focus that you have on safety. And I'm starting to get it. And I appreciate the fact that you put my kid's safety first, even though it was inconvenient for many. 
Yeah. You know, and I think, Mark, Dr. McGowan makes a great point there, and it reminds me, too, uh, of a point that I had jotted down in that I, I do think a board's role, an individual board member's role, does include a bit of a reassurance to the public, a bit of a calming effect. And, and you know, he touched on that. I think if, if residents are, are aware and know you've got plans in place, you're taking stock, you're taking input from everybody, you're paying attention to health guidelines, you're working with everybody and all these different entities are working together and there's cooperation across uh, all lines, if you will. I think that reassurance of the, of the community that you are listening to them, that you are paying attention um, and that uh, it's a fluid situation, but that we're all in it together, uh, I think can go a long way within communities also. Yeah, absolutely. And great, great advice uh, there from both of you. You know, ensuring that the board's message is clear, ensuring that the board's message is solid, that all board members are sharing the same message. And we have this unity of messaging uh, that's going through the board and making sure we're clear on our purpose and why we're here as board members. And we're making sure that uh, the decisions we're making and the challenges we're facing, we're all doing with the best interest of the students uh, at, at the core of all decision making. Uh, you know, really, really powerful messaging that you're sharing with our, our listeners today. I, I, thank you very much. And, and I would love to keep this conversation going, but it looks like we're just about out of time. So with that said, I'd like to thank both of our guests from the Brighton Central School District, Dr. Kevin McGowan, uh, Mr. Mark Kukanovich. Thank you both. Your contributions and your feedback have been an important part of our conversation today. Great conversation, Mark. Thanks so much for having us and for engaging us in this and providing this service to all the members. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate the invitation and thanks for all that NISB is trying to do to keep us all uh, working hard as school board members and on top of things and, uh, and to, the, to the extent that we can and uh, we do appreciate it. So thank you. Yes, thank you. I would also like to thank the NISBA talent working behind the scenes. Thanks to Megan DiGennaro, Alyssa Maiello, and Al Marlin. And to our members, if you have a question or comment about today's topic or an idea for an upcoming podcast, we want to hear from you. Email us at thepresidentsgavel at nisba.org. My name is Mark Snyder, Leadership Development Manager, and this has been a production of The President's Gavel. And this meeting is now adjourned.